now. Then I'll hit the record button and we'll do a sync clap. Good. Now how this works is I count to one, two, three, and then when I would say four, that's when we both clap. And it has to be on a steady rhythm so that we can expect to clap at the same time. I use this to sync up the two audio tracks when I'm editing them together later on. When I recorded uh, with Emin Jackson for that episode of Great Gundam Project, they do not yeah. clap. They just roll straight through. Okay. And I was like, that's scary. But they said, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's it's possible to just align the tracks so that they, you know, you can figure out when um, they're supposed to line up. But I want to get it right because I believe in the, like, sub-second, uh, you know, delicacies of conversation. I, I definitely feel like I've also listened to some podcasts where they did not do a sync clap or whatever method they were using to sync audio eventually when the podcast goes on long enough tends to drift a little bit mm. well i told you probably about when jenny's microphone was recording at not the same speed yeah you had some craziness yeah anyway oh. no craziness one yet. two three i might have been a tad early do you want to do it again let's do one more Okay, one, two, three. We'll use the second one. Mark, Mark, note to Ryan, use the second one. Hello, the podcast is The Complete Guide to Termina. And no, today we're talking about... It's, oh, not wait, the, it's not The Complete Guide to Termina. Today, it's The Complete Guide to Kakariko Village. That's right. We said on some episode that we wanted to do... Or did we say on the podcast, or did we say afterward? Oh no, it's, it's on the on the epi- on an episode of the podcast. I forget which one. We threw it out as kind of a. Uh, we like to make a lot of jokes on the podcast where we say we should do a podcast about that. We should do a podcast about that, and a lot of times they're not actually good ideas for podcasts. Uh, but in this case, at one point we were talking about in reference to Kakariko Village in Ocarina of Time, about how we liked it as a location, and threw out the, we should do a podcast about Kakariko Village. And we both laughed about it, and then immediately after stopping recording, we were both like, actually, that's a good idea, we should do that. (laughs) Okay. Let's (laughs) friggin' do it. But now, if we're gonna talk about Kakariko, we have to talk about, like, every iteration of Kakariko. We can't just talk about... Oh, sure. This will be the definitive one. Except for, I guess we should say in advance, we, we already podcasted about Breath of the Wilds, Kakariko. So we probably won't get into great detail about it. Don't expect a deep dive. Yeah, to notice how it's different from the other Kakarikos we analyze. Yeah. Um, I think before we even get to the first Kakariko village, we should explain something that took me a long time to figure out. Kakariko is supposed to be like an onomatopoeia for a rooster crowing. Okay. In French and other Romance languages, uh, the rooster says Cocorico. And this is, I, I don't know how it becomes Kakariko in Zelda, but it's pretty clear that like they are taking the a foreign word for sound a rooster makes 
and using it as the name of this village. And of course, I think in every version of this village, there are chickens making noises. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, they used that name in one video game and then they carried it forward to all the rest of them. So, but they never forget unless there's some point where they forget to put chickens in there to match the name. Well, it also just fits. It's, you know, it being the town, it kind of fits, but I guess they do make a point to put chickens in all of them. So yeah. Yeah. I think, um, in, so also before we talk about the first Kakarika village, let's talk a little bit about towns in the games that predate link to the past. Well, go ahead. Well, in legend of Zelda, there are no towns. Yes. Some people have interpreted certain parts of the map as being like a town because there are a couple of shops there. Oh, I would disagree I with that think hard. It tracks. No, yeah. absolutely not. There are people in caves. It's Zelda One's like a desolate wasteland where there yeah. was a civilization and it's gone now, and so everybody's hidden underground. They specifically, yes. you know, it, like Minox. Zelda One. Well, Zelda what One would have coexisted with like other Morlocks computer RPGs. Like, it's probably pre-Dragon Quest. I don't remember when Dragon Quest came out. But Dragon Quest mm. is in conversation with all, the, like, the PC RPGs before it that had RPG towns. So, like, Zelda 1 specifically does not have that because it's not interested in that. Yeah. But Zelda then 2 is. Zelda 2 is interested, and it has several towns. I haven't played Zelda 2 almost at all. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. But... Like, my impression is that the towns are very generic. And I mean, yeah. they don't really have a personality that differs from town to town. Not in, like, visuals, but there's, like, certain towns have certain things going on. There's a town, but as much as a, you know, old Nintendo game oh, sure, sure. is going to have. Or this is a town with a bridge. This is a town that's haunted. Um Having a town that's haunted is more personality than I was expecting. Okay. Yeah, there's a couple of the towns end up having like stuff to do within them that is kind of what? How do I want to say it? It 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 is a game space that's like between a town and a dungeon, sort of a thing. Interesting. In in some ways, it's not a full expression of that, but it's definitely. It eventually towards the end of the game uses the town spaces in creative ways which is cool okay so you make those two games now you're gonna make link to the past and there's going to be instead of like uh adventure of link where there's a bunch of towns we're just gonna have one big town and that's well, it well like Adventure of Link has a bunch of towns because it has an RPG overworld where the camera zooms out and you're this little tiny Link running around. That's a, a good point. And then yeah. with Zelda 3, they're like, we want to do a game in the style of Zelda 1, but we want to like go all out and put a whole bunch of stuff in there. And of course, at that point, they're going to want to put a like whole traditional RPG town in their video game. Yeah. Because and it's the 90s. It's the 90s and clacks. Yeah. So the Kakariko village becomes for uh, Link to the Past 
it's doing everything that you need in your RPG town to do. It's also doing a lot of things that um, Zelda wants to do. New, like what Link to the Past is figuring out is like um, doing fun stuff with the environment, like having ledges to jump off. Yeah, and um, you know, discovering things by bombing walls and going around the backs of buildings. Yeah, uh, a lot of playing with perspective. Um, a lot of yeah, like false entrances, uh, posts that you have to pound because to get past in a couple spots. Yeah. Uh, blurring the line between like town location and dungeon location in a way that apparently Adventure of Link had done. Uh, but uh, more so here, especially it, it doesn't count, but there's also the Dark World version of this town that has a dungeon within it that's a a set piece that carries over into both versions of the town in a really interesting way. Oh, yeah. You got Thieves Town. Um, Thieves Town. You also you can't get, really talk about that much. No, that's not actually in Kakariko Village, so we won't talk no. about it. But you do. There is a a a building in Kakariko that is Blind's hideout, where the thief Blind used to live, but now it's just some NPC lives there. Uh, yeah, but left all the treasure on the bottom floor, which is fun. <laughs> um, you could also end up getting in a fight. The uh, the, the there's certain NPCs in Kakariko that you will go talk to or you just get up next to and they're like, ah, it's Link, it's the guy on the wanted poster and then a guard will come out and fight you, which is fun. Yeah, yeah. So they definitely make it a dynamic sort of adventure location as opposed to just shop, shop, in in King's house. Doesn't even have an inn, it just has a tavern. It has a tavern. Um, and... The, as fun as it is to walk around in, I would say that Kakariko Village in A Link to the Past doesn't have a strong personality beyond being medieval town in an adventure game. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree 100%. It's not, it is, we wanted to do a town in this game and we put a town in everything yeah. that that means in a fantasy game. Um, it gets some personality out of being the counterpart to the village of thieves or whatever the dark world equivalent is. Yeah, but and that's having that history with blind. That's a very light touch. Um, that kind of only goes in one direction. <laughs> yeah. The village uh, of outcasts is what they call it. Yeah. That's one of those where a dungeon is also a place, and so the names get confusing. Yeah. Misery Mire. Um, um, they shouldn't call the dungeon Thieves Town. That's what they call it. It's weird. Um, anyway, the other thing is that uh, A Link to the Past, Kakariko Village, has Sahasrala's house. Sahasrala's house. Um, where he doesn't actually be... It's an interesting thing where one of the functions of RPG towns is this is where the quest guy is. Go to quest guy and yeah. get his information. But you go there and like his wife or someone is like, well, he's not here. Yeah. And so 
you have to go around the town and find the one NPC that knows where he's at. Or you just go where he's at because it's 2022 and you've played the game before. <laughs> um, but overall, a very good town. Oh, yeah. For it's, it's, what it's doing. Yeah. They built we a fully, a fully functional RPG town in this game. Um, and then they made a different game that we're not going to talk about. And then they made Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And, and so... it's not a... In retrospect, it might seem like an obvious thing, but it's not like an automatic decision to name this village the same as the village from the other game. I think... Let me think. Maybe not automatic, but they definitely brought back a lot of place names from... Sure. To the past. Lake Hylia comes back. Death Mountain comes... Well... Death, no, Death Mountain's Lizelda one thing. Um, they're, they're... They're in a mode of using place names from previous games. Yeah, to some extent. And but, so they try to identify this with the Kakariko village from before, and they put chickens there. So it's like the chicken village again. But this village has... A somewhat different function. Yeah. Like, structurally in the game, it's not... I. It's not even, like, the, the, the primary town at first. No, it shares uh, town duties with Hyrule Castletown. And so you get an interesting thing where Hyrule Castletown is upper class, Kakariko Village is rural, lower class... Um, Hyrule Castle Town is bright and cheery. Kakariko is, uh, they kind of waffle on this. Kakariko seems like, uh, it could be just a 3D version of, uh, Link to the Past Kakariko, where it's very generic, but they do a very good job of adding weird sinister elements such that the overall character of Kakariko Village by the end of the game is that this is a spooky place. I think more than anything, my first impression of Kakariko in Ocarina of Time, like when you're playing the child Link parts of the game, is that it's like a newly settled area. It's like the frontier in a lot Could of be, ways. Yeah. And that gets, you know, further embellished when you time travel and seven years later... Hyrule Castle Town has had to been abandoned, and, like, everyone has moved into Kakariko. And it has developed. And it has developed. Maybe not as much as you'd want to see, but it, it does develop. Yeah. It is the same geometry, almost. Um, but it has a bunch more NPCs. And one new I was just yeah. I was just looking at the Zelda Dungeon uh, article about Kakariko Village, and in uh, the Ocarina of Time section, it said that in the future... Kakariko Village has uh, grown exponentially. And I was like, <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, so I went in and changed that. <laughs> Good. Um, Yeah, I, I, I think of it in terms of that. Like, it is kind of a generic, but it, but it has the aspect of it being... NPC, NPCs even talk about how it's like, oh, they're letting people move there now. Hmm. Yeah, um, and it has a history. And that's, uh, the, which, that's the fun stuff. Yeah. A Link to the Past, Kakariko, had just a basic history of Blind the Thief used to live here. Uh, but then 
yeah, they add all this stuff onto Kakariko Village because it was the village of the Shika who were sworn to protect the royal family. And it was only for the Shika people, but then Impa opened it up to everyone so that the poor people who couldn't live in Hyrule Castle Town could have a place to live, apparently. Yeah. Um, and But because it was the Shika town originally, it is deeply woven into the bloody history of Hyrule. Yeah. And so its connection to the Kakariko graveyard and the royal tomb and the spirit temple, and not to mention the bottom of the well where the evil spirit was held for so long. Yeah, there's, there's all this stuff that, like, in generic medieval town there is this undercurrent of death and spookiness yeah this whole like generic fantasy frontier village has been built on top of like literally like a catacombs full of all sorts of yeah like creepy dungeons yes Uh, and in totality that stuff all rules it's awesome it's uh, like the <laughs> the emblem of Kakariko Village is the windmill, and it starts to look like such a creepy windmill by the end of the game. Yeah, because it's what you've got bottom of the well. Mm-hmm. You've got the the Dompe Maze. Yeah, which is all connected to that. You've got the Shadow Temple, yeah. and then you've just got a bunch of like grave interiors. Yeah, you've got the like three or sharp four. and flat graves. Or that's um, a royal tomb. Uh, I, yes, I forget. The whole deal. Um, the We talked before when we were talking about... Uh, oh, the episode that inspired this when we were talking about the Deku shrine in Majora's Mask. Um, the fact that Dompe's maze just links up to the windmill... Like that is just the same map there. If you just if you happen to climb up that wall in the windmill and go down that hallway, you'll end up in this catacomb maze where Dompe lives. Yep. It's all part of the pre-existing structure. The windmill is supposed to be drawing water up into the well or out of the well. How do windmills work? Uh, I don't know. I think that's what that windmill does. It's connected to the well. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I think that's how windmills work. Um, oh, you've also got the Skultula house here. Yes. These guys. And the Skultula house um, is a weird situation where there was a economic difference between Hyrule Castle Town and Kakariko Village. The Skultula house seems to be about like a wealthy family or a family that was getting money but then they were cursed by money and they turned into spiders the house doesn't seem to be like a really upscale home do you suppose that they were wealthy before and then acquired a curse and then moved into that house or do you suppose that they were living in that house tried to acquire wealth and then were cursed, and then just never come outside. 
My instinct is the second one. The problem is I feel like this is in the text somewhere and I forgot it. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. One other thing about Kakariko Village on a different tack is the interconnectedness of its citizens. Because uh, I can't even remember all of them, but there are several NPCs who are blood relations in Kakariko, and you kind of indirectly find out which each of them are. Like, uh, what's his face? The pale, creepy guy is the son of someone else. It's and... it's the potion shop lady and the head carpenter who later gets called Muto mm. uh, have two kids, and they're the creepy white face guy uh, and the lady who becomes Anju, the cuckoo lady. lady. Uh, and they're a family unit, but none of them are like in contact with each other necessarily. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, a good example of the way that Ocarina of Time like fleshes out stuff and does world building that it'll do more in Majora's Mask. You also have some like businesses, uh, like a RPG town needs, and you also have the home of the wise person of the region, who in this case is Impa, who is not at her house for I want to say most of Ocarina of Time, but she is in her house sometimes, right? I don't think she's ever in her house. If she is, I never notice her there. I can kind of picture her in there, although she does seem out of place. Because it's a pretty generic looking house. Um, I know in the 3D version, they add a lot of like diagrams on the wall that are like clues. Like Impa has been studying Hyrule and she knows where a bunch of pieces of heart are. Um, and I feel like she stands in there sometimes. But like it doesn't Maybe. look like the house of a cool Shika ninja lady. No, it's it just a house. It looks like a really generic uh not even a wise man's house, just a generic RPG person's house. It's really interesting, yeah, the architecture there. Because it's, you know, there's the subterranean architecture that's all spooky and mm -hmm. evil and maybe somewhat ninja-y, I guess. But then the rest, of the, the rest of the town is just, you know, generic RPG stuff. And the it's, most basic homes you'd make and in it's built your first day of Blender. Well, I mean, it, literally, because, like, we can... There's a bunch of beta stuff. There's like beta versions of of Kakariko Village that, you know, there's plenty of videos of out there where it's just a flat plane and they started putting buildings in a, a range of order and stuff like that. And it's, mm. you know, they, they came up with this as like a, 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 a practice space in some ways, mm. then later refined it and decided they wanted to put the spooky stuff there. Though I think... In even the earliest iterations of Kakariko Village, they, in it, in Ocarina of Time, they had it connected to a graveyard. Oh, so, okay. So even at that point, they were thinking about that. Uh, I, I really like, uh, just unrelated, but I do really like how Kakariko goes from Child Link era where there's just a lot of empty buildings and incomplete buildings, and it all just fills up by the time you're an adult. Yeah. That's nice. That is because visually, 
just in terms of like, look at a map of one, look at a map of the other. It doesn't look like much has changed and it's easy to, uh, we talked with, uh, Jason Yu about how Ocarina of Time kind of doesn't sell the post-apocalyptic angle of Kakariko Village in for Adult Link. Um, no. But having a bunch more people there is a good step in that direction. Yeah. It's also a very cool uh, like playground area for platforming, for running around. Yeah. You have to do some weird nonsense to get around. There's an entire like back alley portion that... It's critical for certain quests and stuff, but it's really inconvenient to get to. Like, the easiest way to get to it is to, like, hop over a fence that's, like, suspended in the air. I guess you can go through one of the shops to the back, but I don't think I don't think that's always available. Uh, Just weird stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got a really good shape to it. I'm yes. glad that they kind of, they, they, they spent their time and came up with some interesting... They did make an interesting playground out of it, as opposed to it just being on a flat plane. The one other thing I want to mention, this is not very significant at all, but you have to walk through Kakariko to get to Death Mountain. And that is significantly more interesting than having the path to Death Mountain just come straight off of the Hyrule Field hub. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes the web of the game... Uh, or the like mental map a lot more interesting yeah i agree well, well that's it. we're that's done talking for... about that kakariko village yeah get that one out of here uh okay. which one's next i forgot to look at a list i believe that the next one is not called kakariko village oh then what are we doing here i think that uh we need to go up on top of a mountain okay and then we need to bring up the water level so that we're at sea level on top of a mountain. Okay. And visit a place called Windfall Island. Oh. This is secretly a Kakariko is the joke here. Yes. It has the song. It has the song. It has the windmill, which is a huge tell. If you are going to care about timeline stuff, I will say... If, like, in a straight Ocarina of Time to Wind Waker uh, timeline, it's not the same exact location. They must have relocated all this stuff from Kakariko onto some mountaintop that would be above the Great Sea. Um, but, like, it's a Kakariko village. Well, I mean, we'll get into uh, some of the other games. The, some of those other ones also probably don't take place in the same locations, but are still Kakariko, so... Yeah. Um... Windfall Island is rad. It's pretty good. It's, it's got the the promise of like having to pass through different areas, interconnectedness of N64 Kakariko, but like done mm. even better. Yes. It's such an intricate playground map. There are so many people there. Uh, there are so many good like shops and quests. It's fantastic. Uh, it's one of the best locations in Wind Waker. It's a no real doubt. good town, as far yeah. as Zelda towns go. Like, yes. when I think... Yeah, when I think about, like, Zelda towns as places, it's, like, up mm -hmm. there among, like, the top. I don't uh, think I'm of it... I don't about... Yeah. Well, what are you... What you don't think oh, about? I was gonna say, like, none of the Hyrule Castle towns compare. 
No. Um, Skyloft doesn't compare. Like, maybe a couple of the Breath of the Wild towns are as good, but, like... I'm thinking about Breath of the Wild towns, and most of them are not as... Because they're not as compact, mm-hmm. they don't seem as fiddly and fun as this one. I would I would go to bat for Hateno as being up in the same echelon. Hmm. Um, but that's about it, probably. I'm probably forgetting a town that I'm going to think of, like... As soon as we stop recording and I'm going to be like, ah, but that's okay. Uh, You know, what's similarly like constrained spatially is the Rito village in Breath of the Wild. I don't like that as much as, uh, no, no, as this, though. Um, It like, it has some of the same like shape in terms of being like built on top of itself, but it's not as interesting as this one. And of course, like. It's not a fair comparison because for uh, Wind Waker, this is the town. Yeah. And so, of course, it's great. Windfall Island is awesome. It does not have... It has several Kakariko qualities, like the music and the windmill and the chickens. But It has a gravestone, so we kind of have a graveyard going. A gravestone, and it has the maze behind the uh, prison that almost vaguely harkens back to the uh, like catacombs underneath the Kakariko village. But like, you really don't get a sense of a dark underbelly to Windfall Island. No, but and it's, you it's... don't get a sense of being the like lower class rural town that it was in previous games because there's a social hierarchy within windfall island there are the uh, poor laborers and there are the rich fat cats yeah but i think that just might come with there being be. are there fewer npcs in wind waker is it a less populated <sighs> land probably not it's probably about then the same. what then populated than what? Then Ocarina oh, of Time. No way. There's way more people in Wind Waker than Ocarina oh, okay. of Time. I took pictures of all of them. I bet. Oh yeah, you did. I know this of you. Yeah, but don't tell them about my embarrassing secret. I won't. Thank you. There's one more thing I want to say about Windfall. Okay. Which is Um It kind of lacks, like I said, like a a personality beyond being the town of the game because it's got to be just, you know, it has so, so many other roles to fill. I think what's interesting about Windfall is how much it learns from Clock Town. In what way? In terms of having dynamic characters with relationships. Okay. There's people on schedules there. People on schedules, people with quests, um, people who, like, uh, are trying to get the better of each other. Yeah. But we don't really need to get into the details. We can move on to another Kakariko village. Uh, Which one is next? I think Four Swords Adventures is next. Oh, okay. It's my time to shine. Okay. So I've got here... I don't remember exactly... uh, Four Swords Adventure is the Zelda where each... It's 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 divided into levels, like stages. Yeah, yeah. Like and a Mario. Like a Mario. And each one 
is at like a specific place and is usually just like a series of like puzzles and challenges and fights to get through. Uh, there's two stages that are towns. Uh, there's the village of the Blue Maiden, uh, which is like an early game one, and then a mid to late game one is Kakariko. And I don't remember which what what you do in there. So I have here in my hands the official. I think this is official. Yeah, the official Nintendo Power Player's Guide for Legend of Zelda: Four Swords Adventure. So I'm gonna pop this open. Get some of that ASMR page turning, you know. Oh, I'm so tingly. Uh, the blurb for it says. The small forest community of Kakariko Village is in dire need of a resident problem solver. Oh, I didn't say that right, but a resident problem solver. Fire has engulfed the town. A band of thieves is stealing the resident's valuables, and the creature in the lagoon is too lazy to catch his own food. What the heck? So the ones, the town ones are very much more puzzle-oriented, where it's you kind of have the ability to go through most of the town, but you have to go do things in the right order... To get the correct item, to get okay. the next thing, etc., etc., etc. Sure, sure. And it's also on fire. Oh no! Which isn't so good. Um, How do you put out fires? I think by solving puzzles. There's not really a putting out fire mechanism. So, like, if oh, I event- arrange all these blocks in a square, then the fire goes out. Oh no! It's you have to eventually do a big long quest of getting different items to eventually get the fire rod which lets you light some torches which uh causes rain to come out (laughs) (laughs) okay man Uh, sure you also have to feed a catfish oh and then at the end of the level after you do all the puzzling there's like a segment where you go through some rapids to get to the next level or like an organ trail yeah you gotta ford that okay. river. I understand this game. The boss at the level is a big dark Stalfos. I like that. Um, it's not a very attractive sprite, but it's there. It's one of those bosses you have to fight on the Game Boy screen. Oh, cool! Because it's the game where you're looking back and forth between the Game Boy screen and the N sixty or the GameCube screen. Yeah, yeah, I played a little bit of this. It's, it's a, fun. it's a neat game. Uh, that's all i have to say (laughs) so if we're if we're trying to fit this kakariko village into the lineage of kakarikos does it have a windmill no does it have the music uh yes does it have chickens uh i think it did let me turn open it back up see turn in pages turn in pages to obtain a kuko for the widower, you'll need some explosives. So yes. Okay. Part of the um, part of does the it have change. a sinister underbelly? Yes, because there's a bunch of thieves. Oh yeah, yeah, but not like a macabre underbelly of the history no. of blood and torment. No, just a bunch of people up to no good. Some brigands. Is dead hand in Four Swords Adventures? No, they've got like rupee likes. Like the like likes that okay, that's your... like a dead hand, but that's all. Okay, um, are we done talking about Four Swords Adventures? I am done talking about Four Swords Adventures. 
what's the next Kakariko village? Probably Twilight Princess is my guess because I think I we're think starting to is. run out. Yes. Um, well, there's I... a secret one that you don't know about, but let's talk about Twilight Princess. Okay. I also have a secret one um, in this game. So Twilight Princess has Kakariko Village. It's like okay. where you go for like the second act of the game. What would you call it? Yeah, I would call that the second act. Um, where you're like trying to find out a bunch of kids get kidnapped and you're trying to tra- trace them down from your original village there's a lot of villages a lot of a lot of civilization in twilight princess um you track them to kakariko village uh and end up helping you you reconnect with them and then end up helping out the residents there uh in twilight princess kakariko village has a slightly different song where it'll do like the beginning like nine notes Okay. In like a whistling, like a western whistling, but then it plays this like completely different back end. Like an Enrico Morricone soundtrack? I'm going to say yes, though I'm not familiar with this musician. Um it's a very visually different place. It's on a canyon. It's like a whole town built on either side of this canyon. So you kind of have like a long deserty western like stretch of road leading through the center of town Rad. but like but like instead of just like one level of buildings it's like terraced up okay a little bit it's also like basically deserted at the start of when you get there so there... you could call it a ghost town <laughs> sort of, there's no ghost well there's probably ghost present there's ghosts are all over the game because that's one of the collectibles um but yeah, it's when you get there, there's like the shaman who's in charge of the town, the shaman's kid, the kids you were trying to save, and the guy that owns the bomb shop. And that's it. Mm. Everybody else is pieced out of town. All the buildings are boarded up. Um, Just a mess because there's all sorts of bad stuff happening. Uh, You go through the story, you end up helping out the people there. You end up helping out the Gorons that you have to go through the town to get to. And the town starts to repopulate, but it never gets, like, super full. You just have, like, a couple businesses open up and a bunch of Gorons uh, come to town. Oh, that's cool. Because there's uh, hot springs here as well. Okay. Um, That's kind of it. Uh, I don't remember there being a windmill, but I can look it up and see if there is. It doesn't look like there's a windmill. Probably not a windmill. Are there uh, chickens? There is a chicken. There's okay. at least one chicken that I remember. <laughs> there's also a graveyard. Oh yeah. Uh, it's not as there's not as much spooky stuff in the graveyard. You only really have to contend with one grave for plot reasons. But you do interact with ghosts. There is a yeah, there is a ghost in the graveyard you have to interact with. But she's uh, a she is a friendly ghost. Okay. Like Little Orphan Annie. No, she's a Zora Queen Lady. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else going on that's relevant to the rest of this discussion. Um, how fun is it to run around in this Kakariko village and, like, jump off of stuff? Uh, 
my memory of running around in Twilight Princess is it's not fun to run around Twilight Princess to begin with. But, like, it's fine. You end up having to do... What ends up happening with Twilight Princess is... You have to go to each area and do a whole section as the wolf. Oh, okay. Where where you're, like, doing a hunt for some evil bugs. Yeah, yeah. That lets you, like, open lets you open it up as like a place you can exist as human link and that stuff is very involved and you have to like do a bunch of uninteresting wolf platforming and digging to explore the whole area oh okay that's kind of the extent of it okay there's another kakariko in twilight princess what so what ends up happening is through the course of the story you become aware of a hidden village in the world like very late game you find out that um i forget the actual story mechanism but you find out about a hidden village that was like previously blocked off and like the gorons that you helped uh in the second act of the game come back in this like late act of the game to help you get access to a previously blocked off tunnel that spits you out into the previous Kakariko was very western themed this is extremely just a western set on a back lot of a movie studio it is uh, this segment of the game that they added where you Link are trying to get to the back of town uh, because that's where there's two people you're trying to rescue are and it straight up does a spaghetti western thing where you are walking into town with your bow and yeah. there's a whole bunch of uh, Bokoblins or whatever, and you got to shoot them all up. It even cool. it has that you you probably heard it. It has the like spaghetti western music, like an Enrico Morricone soundtrack. I'm gonna say more now than ever. Yes. Okay. Um, it kicks. It's it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Censoring myself. Rad. Uh, it's super fun. It's like really easy, right? Because you're playing a Zelda game like a 2000s Zelda game where they've whittled down the challenge to nothing. You're fighting like very basic enemies. The challenge is more just finding all the enemies in the environment. Mm. But it's got like breakable windows. It's like they they were going for it for trying to come up. And they're all like up on top of buildings and with their own bows shooting at you and stuff. It's a hoot. It's so fun. They actually recreated this entire level in Link's crossbow training a game that has never come up on this podcast before but I have played uh, so they just how is that game it's very slight you can be well, in sure. about an hour um, it's just a shooting gallery thing except for like two stages where they let you free roam around and that's one of the ones where they just turn it into an FPS level and it's super fun rad uh, uh, so but how oh. is this a Kakariko village Zach because one of the people you're trying to rescue is named Impaz. And she's okay. like, I don't think they say the word Sheikah, but she's clearly like the last of the Sheikah. And I she see. lives here. And then in the Bad Twilight Princess Hylian font, you get a sign that says, like, welcome to old Kakariko. Whoa. Ooh. So... The, the sort of roundabout, like, 
uh, implication is that this is supposed to kind of be the real Kakariko Village, the Ocarina of Time Kakariko yeah, Village yeah. in some ways, but like geographically that doesn't work. Layout wise, oh, it, it does. doesn't work. Um, there but... is there a windmill? I don't remember. I'm gonna look it up. Is there a chicken? There is a chicken because when you come back here, what? There's a mini game where a chicken tasks you with a like a cat finding mini game where you have to talk to the right cat and there are like all twenty cats in the area. <laughs> okay hidden village i'm gonna click on this no clip don't crash my computer please Uh oh oh we're good okay no windmill no windmill but there's a chicken yeah and the music is the music doesn't like refer to the kakariko village no the music is the really fun spaghetti western song okay um that's a good kakariko village uh, what's left? Oh, well, a couple things. Um, let's talk about A Link Between Worlds. Oh, I forgot about that one. You've got a, uh, it's just a copy of The Link to the Past, Kakariko Village. The bar is replaced with a milk bar. And so it's like <laughs> harkening back to Majora's Mask, I guess. And there, I think in the milk bar is where there's a guy who will play, like, guitar versions of Zelda music for yeah. you. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. That's rad. The, like, the thing about Link Between Worlds is that it wants to be as like Link to the Past as much as it can. And it's hard to remember what differences there are. Yeah, I can't think of anything specifically that comes to mind. There's like the instead of a sick kid who gives you the bee net, there's like a guy who's obsessed with bees. Um, the locked house, there's a locked house that you can't enter from um, high rule. You have to go into low rule and like go into a rift and then come out inside the house where there's a weird lady who I don't remember her deal. There's an old uh, grandpa. I know the, mm. old, the old grandpa's here. Let's do the shadow battles. Um, and that old grandpa is supposed to be like a different link, right? I guess. Probably. That's I, either a popular theory or there's something in the game to indicate that. Um, link Between Worlds is good. Yeah. But it's a difficult one to talk about. I mean, we already talked about this town basically already. <laughs> yes. Okay. What's next? I guess just Breath of the Wild. And then a secret one. Let's oh. talk about Breath of the Wild. Well, Breath of the Wild, Kakariko Village, delivers on the promise of it actually being a secret ninja village by just making it a secret ninja village. Yes. And Weirdly, Breath of the Wild is supposed to be zillions of years after all the other games, but kakariko village is somehow in its status before ocarina of time as a secret ninja village yeah i don't know and also like i think i think timeline wise it's been a re i don't know you know what i'm not gonna try 
<laughs> the there's chickens. There's like a chicken gathering quest. Uh huh. There's um. There's not exactly. There's a graveyard, but it's very simple. Um, and there's not exactly a hidden underbelly. There, there is some drama with the Sheikah and the Yiga. We talked about this a lot on the podcast. Yeah, there is but a graveyard. It's not like, yeah, I said there was. You a said that. You said that. Okay. Um. It's uh, like compared to other Kakariko villages, other than being a secret ninja village, it doesn't really match up with those other Kakariko. So it's really trading on that one detail from Ocarina of Time and mostly ignoring other connecting ideas of Kakariko Village, except for the chickens. But this is also the game that has Sheikah as a culture that exists. Yes. And prior to this, you have, like, one and a half Sheikah characters in each game at a most. Yeah. Yeah. And so them turning Sheikah into, like, an actual vibrant culture that exists in the world means that you have room then to give them a space that's specifically theirs. I guess not... Breath of the Wild really is a prequel to Ocarina of Time. Sure. I don't know. That's what I'm learning. There's a whole other game coming out, so I've just stopped theorizing anything about Breath of the Wild at this point. Because Tears anything of I the think Kingdom of... is how they're going to tear up the timeline and put this part of uh, Breath of the Wild before Ocarina of Time. We find out it's all a prequel to Metroid. Finally. Don't. I have to. <laughs> Sorry. Focus. Focus. What a cool idea. Shut up. It's not my idea, even. They want to work on a Metroid really bad. Let them work on a Metroid. That's what I've been saying. Where? What, what were we talking about? There's one more Kakariko village that you're keeping a secret. Ah, uh, yes. It's the Kakariko village in Cadence of Hyrule. I know that it exists because I've heard the song, but I don't think I ever made it there in any of my runs. Um, it's very small. It's almost there just for the sake of having a town and like a place to put a couple, like a shop and a minigame. It also has um, a, like a very small graveyard, but where you can push a gravestone and enter a secret dungeon. Is that secret dungeon where it's it not plays... a secret dungeon? Okay. It's, it's but, a tiny extra dungeon. Does that tiny extra dungeon also use the Gibdo's Groove song from the I intro? I believe so, yeah. Yeah! I'm on to you, Danny B. I know what you did. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna uh, sneak some CDI music into this canonical Zelda game. And I'm like, yeah, I see you. It's not a canonical Zelda game. Whatever. You can uh, buy it on a Nintendo console. Cadence of Hyrule is very good. And... There's so little to say about Kakariko Village in this game. I'm not even sure it has chicken. It must. There's chickens all over that game. Um, it doesn't have a windmill. There's a windmill in Cadence of Hyrule, but it's not necessarily near Kakariko Village because the map is always randomized and those two features are not connected. Um, and it has the music. Maybe we'll get to hear all the different music in this episode. Oh, that sounds like a chore. Yeah, but I, I've got some time. When does this episode come out? Uh, today. Oh, well then I don't have any time left. Well, that's okay. Um, yeah, I guess that 
it's interesting how sometimes it's like the core town and then sometimes it's just like a town right and that's just entirely dictated by like what they're doing in the game yeah and similarly it's dictated by what they're doing in the game whether it's connected to other cac like previous kakarikos or if it's just going to be town we need a town in this game call it kakariko because that's what we call a town yeah um so i hope that the future will give us many more kakariko villages and um i want to say that my favorite part of any of these kakariko villages is the spooky underbelly of the ocarina of time version so more it's of that please. so good All and you know what's so good about it is how little it's used because a lot of people's instinct is if there's going to be a creepy underbelly it's going to pop up immediately and it's going to be the focus all the time kakariko village in ocarina of time has a creepy underbelly that becomes impossible to ignore through gameplay yeah but whenever you're standing around in kakariko village there's no obvious indication that this was built on a bloody history of torture. Yeah. And uh, I think that games that are trying to be creepy could learn something from that. Yeah, they're forcing the hand too much. Well, um, that's it for Kakariko Talk, and we'll be back next week with talk about something else. Yeah. Probably whatever we said we were going to talk about next week, last week. Next week we'll talk about this week. <laughs>